MoreLikeRadio.com. It's our duty to entertain you. <laughs> I said duty. Only alcohol can make life bearable. You must drink, always drink. I blame this all on Kevin, DMU. Has anyone ever known a good person named Kevin? We, we hung out with, with Kevin from Alcohol by Volume. And he only says like three words. He, he's like really shy. He really talked to me. Towards the end of the night when he was drinking more, man, he, he was he was right there with us talking a mile a minute. Alcohol by Volume? Oh, I'm actually kind of drunk. Alcohol by Volume, awesome show. You really want to get drunk? <laughs> Listen to that show because by hour two, he's blitzed. I bet. Oh, it's awesome. Because it's a beer show. Kevin's some stupid His weird name. Polish last name. Yeah. Where's your dedication there, Kevin? Your own show or someone else's? Alcohol my volume. I shove alcohol in my butthole. That's not it? It's nothing to do with butthole. I mean, can you even get drunk anymore? It's kind of like a drinking a vitamin. So you're blaming the drunkard. Yes, I'm blaming the MLR drunkard, Kevin. Hello, bartender. I have thought it over, and far from being a fat pig, you are very nice. And I would like another drink. Take a barf, drunkie! Good evening, everybody. It is Tuesday, 6 p.m. That means it is time for Alcohol by Volume. If you are listening live, join the chat at morelikeradio.com slash live. If you're listening via podcast, you can check us out live every Tuesday night, 6 to 8 p.m. at morelikeradio.com. Um, and if you'd like to call in, uh, the Skype name is Alcohol by Volume or the phone number 862 345 Seven one two five. I almost forgot that. Um, I think this is episode number eighty five. I'm, get, I'm getting close to a hundred. Um, can't do math. I don't know. Am I gonna hit a hundred before? No, I'm not gonna hit hundred before the end of the year. Eh, early twenty fifteen. That's fine. Uh, let's see. We got Roy Black on crack in the chat. Opening a brand double bock. Uh, we need a hi hat monocle smiley. Yes, we do. We need a, we we need a beer smiley for the chat, and we need a monocle smiley with a top hat. Um, if you listened to last week's best of, you might have heard that Chris Bradley will be returning to the show. That is actually pushed back to next week, so he will be on the show, hoping uh, next week. Um, but I'm actually I'll get into um, Jesus Christ already with the ums. What the fuck, Kev? I'll get into a bit of his uh, latest project in a little bit. Um, firstly, I would like to thank everybody that's been viewing my videos on the uh, new uh, Alcohol by Volume YouTube channel at youtube.com slash MLR Alcohol by Volume. I would also like to thank the subscribers. And if you've been viewing the videos and you have not subscribed, please do so. I would very much appreciate it. And I assure you the audio on the reviews will be improving soon if you if you look at the intro video on there, you'll notice a vastly improved audio quality. Uh, I have one more review scheduled to go this weekend that I already shot. And uh, I did not have the good audio for that. But after that, everything's going to be fucking golden. You're going to love it. And I'm going to be improving stuff here and there. Going to try and add some more features to it. I know... um, some people were excited that I was going to try and make beer nuts on uh, 
on a video for the YouTube channel. So uh, I'm, I'm happy with the momentum that's picking up. So everybody that has been viewing, thank you. I do appreciate it. Of course, there's also the Cafe Press store, cafepress.com slash alcohol by volume. If you want a shirt, if you want a pint glass, uh, if you want a shot glass, if you why? Uh, let's see, a, a, a flask. I think there's uh, can cozies on there too. Uh, go check it out. Cafepress.com slash alcohol by volume. <laughs> ah, good way to start the show there. So, to promote Chris, Brad, uh, Chris Bradley's project a little bit, the Indiegogo campaign for his show Destination Beer went live today. Um, if you want to check it out on Indiegogo, just search for Destination Beer TV Show. Check out the Facebook page at facebook.com slash destinationbeer for more info on it. Right now, filming is set to begin in November. The pilot episode debut is set for February 10th, 2015. And let me read a bit for um, from the Indiegogo page. And uh, I actually, I, I donated to it, so see what happens with that. Um, okay, starting here. Over 1 million people watch the Food Network every evening. There are 100 million beer drinkers in the United States. How are there no shows about travel, cooking, and beer? It's time. A love for good food leads to a love for good beers. That, of course, leads to pairing the two. We all love to travel and the chance to get away, whether it's the beach, the mountains, or even another country and culture. And when you can't get away, like me, because kids are like a freaking anchor on your ankle. Jesus Christ. Uh, we're here to provide you with a TV show that will make you feel as though you did. Destination Beer is a new traveling cooking reality show with great beer as the main ingredient. Our host, Chris Bradley, will take viewers on a trip around the U.S. starring chefs, brewers, great food, craft beer, and the hometowns where it all comes together. We'll show you the sights and, uh, of the cities and take you behind the scenes in your favorite breweries and restaurants where you will meet the people making the beers and dishes you love and watch them in action. And let me actually copy this video URL. I'll post this into the chat here. This is the uh, YouTube video that... Wait, did that not copy? Ah, oh, fuck you, YouTube. Oh, okay. You want me to copy it from there? I see how it is. God damn it. Yeah. I know how to work the internet. So that that's the uh, like the promo video for it that I just posted in the chat. To give an idea of the breweries that they have planned for season one... Um, and it's it's listed in uh, one of the perks because you can get a uh, a pint glass from one of these breweries. Twenty First Amendment Boulevard Brewing, Brooklyn Brewery, Cigar City Brewing, Deschutes Brewing, Carbach Brewing, Nebraska Brewing, New Glarus, uh, Oscar Blues, Yingling, and uh, I guess uh, I guess that's just New Orleans Brewing Company. Nola, I I, I admit I'm not familiar with that one. Uh, but check it out on Indiegogo. Uh, let me see if there's anything else here. Uh, yeah, awesome perks for contributors, t-shirts and pint glasses from the Season 1 breweries, associate producer credits, collector's DVDs. Uh, so I, I, I actually uh, retweeted the the address for it on the uh, MLR underscore alcohol Twitter. So if you feel so inclined, check that out. I would appreciate it. I'm sure Chris would appreciate it too. I will actually also post the link on uh, Facebook probably a little bit later. So, Chris will tentatively be on the show next week to talk about the show and kind of get into all of that. And um, and if you listened to last week's Best Of, you, you heard some stuff from uh, Chris before, and you probably heard my ugh, blathering on... Um, I, think, I think at that point, I was maybe... 
three months, four months into the show, and I cringe listening to old shows of myself. And obviously, my, my tastes have vastly changed since then, too. I mean, I, I couldn't stomach an IPA back then, and now I can drink them all over the place. Um, speaking of drinking, well, that's what the show's about. No, speaking of IPAs, I actually got my shipment safe and sound from InsideTheCellar.com, which includes four beers from modern times. But on the IPA front, I got Stone's Enjoy By 103114, which is not distributed to my area, so I'm very happy to get that. And Stone's Enjoy After 103115, which I'm going to protect so it sellers very, very nicely. That's the one where it's actually still carbonating in the bottle at this point. Um, so if I opened it right now, I would have a flat, not quite ready beer. In fact, um, I think they said that they were supposed to have a marker on it as to the absolute earliest you could open it. Let me take a look at Hold on here. Uh, it's not anywhere near my desk. So that doesn't help me too much. Teach me to keep beer closer to the mic. Okay, looking at the bottle here. What does it say? Does it say anything? First edition. Recommended aging until 1031.15. Keep out of direct sunlight. Keep cool. Um, hmm. Okay, they say the earliest we recommend sampling this beer is 1031.14. The beer won't be fully carbonated until that date. Ideally, you want to sell the beer up to or beyond the enjoy after date to help it reach help it reach its full evolutionary potential. At that point, some facets of the Brett characteristics will have mellowed, while others will have become more profound. Yes, because it's uh, Brettanomyces uh, in the IPA here, so you get that uh, funk and acidity to it. Uh, it all matures into a fascinating and delicious culmination. Individual results will vary, and that's both the beauty and the intent behind this beer. And I, once I found out that I could get this on Inside the Cellar, I wasn't going to pass it up. I, I have no idea if I'm going to see that out here. If I do see it out here, I'm buying myself another bottle, and I'm going to open it earlier so I can compare the two. But this one, I'm, I'm letting this age the full, full year on this one because I'm very, very excited about that. Uh, other, otherwise, I haven't been drinking much different stuff at home these past couple weeks. I, I picked up a four-pack of Goose Island's The Muddy Imperial Stout. Found it pretty tasty. If you like that hint of anise in your Imperial Stout, you'll probably like it. Uh, that said, I mean, it, it didn't blow me away, but it was good. I, I, I'd get it again if I'm in the mood for that. Uh, otherwise, it's been all the same stuff I've been killing off from Atwater, uh, Sprecher, the, uh, the hard root beer, which I'm actually drinking right now. And the growler that I have from Carton, which I actually did a my uh, most recent review on on the YouTube channel, if you're curious about that one. And to, uh, to tease the next one that I have uh, coming up on the YouTube channel, because I'm trying to remember what the hell I'm even putting up there. I don't even remember what the hell it was now. Um, oh, wait, I think I do, but I want to make sure I give you the right information here. Let's see, my channel, let's go to videos. Um, da, 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 da. Uh, okay, it is going to be one from Shipyard, but probably not the w exact one you may be expecting. That's the only little hint I'll give you. Um, 
but yeah, check that out. That that will uh, that'll be up on YouTube this Saturday. And as I go along, I'm probably going to do uh, to do more reviews that will pop up during the week as well. But for now, it's going to be pretty much Saturday mornings. I'll have stuff go live, and uh, the more the more different beers I get, and you guys are always welcome to uh, to send me different ones if you want me to review them for you. Um, you can always email me at mlralcoholbyvolume at gmail.com and uh, see if we can work something out. I know uh, Royce and Marie were talking about trying to get that Hanson Hops beer and get me a bottle of that to review on the channel, so we'll see what, what happens with that. Um, it also doesn't help that I started getting sick this weekend because children are clearly the most vicious biological weapons in existence. <sighs> But I was still actually able to drink, drink, drink on Saturday at Big Brew Beer Fest, New Jersey, the fall 2014 edition of it. As you will recall, I have been to, actually, I think I've been to every incarnation of the Big Brew Beer Fest thus far. The first one was, it would have been kind of, I think, hmm late, or I'm sorry, uh, very early spring to the point where it could still be snowing outside. And that would have been in... Was that 2013? Might have been. It, mu- it must have been 2013. Um, eh, I'd, have to, I'd have to look at my old Google Calendar to find out, and I don't really feel like doing that right now. But they basically, they do one in spring, and they do another one in fall, and then go back in spring, and come back in fall. In the fall, it's big on the pumpkin beers. In spring, it just seems to be everything else. This time around, I decided to actually shell out a little bit more money because I was going by myself. Uh, my uh, father-in-law was going out of town, and I wasn't going to go there just with my wife, especially since she would have to watch the kids, and we can't really bring kids to a beer festival. So I decided, you know, she she dropped me off. I got uh, the VIP ticket. Cost, I think, an additional 30, 40 bucks, something like that. So there were some pros and cons to this. Basically, what the VIP ticket gets you is uh, the regular event run, uh, at least the session I went to, runs from 1 to 4.30. VIP ticket, you get in at noon. That gives you access to some free food from some of the uh, vendors that are there from local restaurants and I will get into that stuff because god damn that shit was good and you get early access to all the tastings including a VIP section of beers that the general admission ticket holders can't get to so pros and cons of this the food offered to the VIPs was fucking fantastic that that right there made it worth it to me for the VIP ticket because otherwise I probably would have ended up spending that additional money at the vendors around anyway. I mean, as it was, I, I bought, well, technically, I guess two two bits of food. Um, I had to go for the fried cheese curds again because they're goddamn delicious from the cow in the curd food truck. I, I think I've actually gotten them every single time that I've been there and that they've been there. And then I think towards the end, I got some beef jerky just because I figured I needed more food in my stomach. But um, let's see. Okay, the restaurants and locals in Jersey will probably know these. 
if you're not from Jersey, these names aren't going to mean much to you, but I, I, I want to give these places their props. Uh, Morris Tap and Grill in Randolph, New Jersey. I know I've mentioned them before because they have a great craft beer selection there. They do growler fills, and their head chef, um, God damn, I believe his name is Eric Levine. He's and he was at the festival too. Fucking cool guy. I follow him on Instagram. Follow him on Twitter. He he he's a he's a bit strange, but a cool seeming guy. You know, it, I'm trying to think if I could compare him to any like a TV chef, but he's he's kind of unique in that respect. Uh, they had pulled pork sliders with seven dust chips, and I think they were like uh, kind of like sweet potato chips with a special blend of seasoning on them. Really, really good. I went back for seconds on that because I'm a fucking pig, and it completely fucked up my way in on Monday where I gained like another three pounds back. God damn it. But eh, it, it was worth it on Saturday. It just means I got to run my ass off this week. Uh, you don't want to hear about my ass. Then there was Hot Rods Barbecue in Wharton, New Jersey. They had smoked turkey and smoked wings. Um, smoked turkey was fantastic. They had stuffing with it, too. And how can you not have turkey with stuffing? The, and the smoked wings the smoked wings were good. I'm not typically a fan of wings. Um, I, I know this is sacrilege to some people. I, I, pref- I prefer the boneless variety. I just... Whenever I eat wings on the bone I always get gristle or whatever in my fucking mouth that I don't want there and when you bite down on that it just kind of ruins the whole experience so I was, I was kind of delicate with these smoked uh, smoked wings but they were pretty good I, I enjoyed the taste of them at least um, and if I fuck I mean I, I could have just not gotten any but I got some because I wanted some because I'm a fucking pig apparently uh, Nicole's 10 restaurant uh, in uh, Randolph New Jersey um, an interesting bit of trivia about Nicole's 10 restaurant. I believe it used to be called an American Grill. I don't know if it was the same owner, chefs, or whatever. But that happens to be the restaurant that um, I, had, I had proposed my ex-fiance at. <laughs> uh, haven't been back there since it's been Nicole's 10, but the food there, we've, we've had food from them whenever they've been at the beer fest. And... It's fucking stellar. It, it's pricey, but it's stellar. Of course, it's also the kind of place where we cannot bring the kids. So my wife and I have not yet had the opportunity to go there and actually eat at the restaurant. But anyway, they had probably my favorite uh, food item. Mini Italian beer braised pot roast hoagies topped with... Ca- uh, and I don't even know how you pronounce this. It's C-A apostrophe S-I-A-N hash browns. Cassian hash browns aged provolone and demi-jus served with their specialty almond and truffle pesto uh, tortellini salad i'm not a fan of cold pasta salads normally this one was fucking awesome um in fact if you look at the youtube video that i posted from the beer fest yes i know the footage is but it gives you the idea it was shot on an old camera um i was drinking what do you expect but uh, you'll see the, you'll see the beer braised pot roast hoagies and the tortelloni or torta, yeah tortellini why why do I want to keep saying tortelloni tortellini salad I got that on there I also shot the uh, those are the the cheese curds because they're fucking delicious then the last one and I didn't realize where this vendor was based out of until I 
looked it up later. Village Food Garden, which is actually based out of ShopRite supermarkets out here. They had two items, seared pepper tuna with microgreens, avocado, wasabi, and tomatoes in a phyllo cup. That, I went back for seconds on that. I wasn't quite sure if I liked it, but it, I don't know, I went back for seconds, so take that as you will. I think I wanted to see if I could taste a little bit more out of it, you know, get all, separate, separate all the elements out of it. And then they also had mini soft shell tacos made with chicken verde, pork al pastor, uh, diced tomato and crunchy cabbage. Those were goddamn good. I mean, th- this was this was classy drunk food. Th- the way they did it was beautiful, absolutely beautiful. And like I said, you could go back for seconds. Um, I think the only stuff I didn't go back for seconds for were the um, the pot roast hoagies, just because it was so big. Um, I don't think I would have been able to eat the other stuff. And uh, the smoked turkey, um, I really liked it a little heavy on the smokiness but i still liked it but went back for the por- uh, pulled pork sliders went back for the uh, seared pepper tuna and the mini soft shell tacos very very good that made the vip tickets worth it right there but now we get to the cons of the vip ticket here the special vip beer section it wasn't nearly as special as i would have hoped to be honest, probably 50% of the beers offered there I'd either had before from retail, no less, or I have at least seen them frequently at retail. Like, for instance, I know Dogfish had Saison had, uh, Dubuff there, which I got at a ShopRite supermarket. I was able to pick up a single bottle of it. Uh, there, there, was, um, there was one from Clown Shoes there that I know I see all the damn time. That that said, there were a couple gems plus one first ever release beer there. You know, this was the first time out in the wild for it, which I guess I'll I guess I can kind of get to all those now. Uh, the, the 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 best way to remember every beer you drink at a festival is just to log them on untapped. That is that is the way to do it. And I was not the only idiot walking around with their cell phone in hand logging shit on untapped. Um, as I was logging beers, I was seeing other ones, you know, oh yeah, so-and-so logged this beer at Big Brew Beer Festival. So I'm not the only moron that's doing it. The only difference was since my wife wasn't there, I wasn't getting yelled at for it. So the beers, the notables from the VIP section, the first ever release one, it was Ramstein Berliner Weiss. While I love a good Berliner Weiss, this one actually seemed to be lacking to me. I was expecting something, and it it didn't deliver on it. Um, I was expecting a lot more tartness from it, and it kind of it kind of fell flat. It wasn't that it was flavorless, but it didn't have the punch that I really wanted it to. Uh, the last couple Berliner Weisses I've had, one of them was um, was it uh, Professor Fritz Bream, and the other one was from the brewery. Both of those really enjoyed those this one i wouldn't say it was bad it just it did not didn't have that punch that i expect from a berliner weiss i was happy to be one of the first to try it but i was disappointed that it really wasn't much to speak of um and again this is a first ever release for it um so you know we'll, we'll see what what happens down the road with that one um but there, there, there were ones in that vip section that i did 
very much enjoy. Um, from Lancaster Brewing, there was their Shoe Fly Pie Porter, which was very very standout label on it, like a bright yellowish orange kind of label, made with eight different malts, four types of hops, and a touch of Lancaster County molasses. It was on the lighter side for a porter, but very very flavorful with the molasses and like hints of toffee in there. So I'm gonna see if I can find that one on the shelves. I I usually seem to find stuff from uh, Lancaster. Um, I'm not 100% sure if I see the bomber size bottles a lot from them, though. Usually it seems to be more the six packs of stuff. So I'll have to see what I can find with that. Then there, there, was, there was one there that absolutely blew me away. And when I looked it up on Beer Advocate after the festival, I wasn't really surprised to see that it had a 100 rating on it. This was the one, this was the kind of beer that I was expecting in the VIP section. This was the Rodenbach Character Rouge. Um, and I, I know I'm mispronouncing some of it here. But, um, and I, I mentioned Rodenbach a couple weeks ago. Um, God damn. What was the, I'm trying to remember what the, the specific name. I, I think it might have just been the Rodenbach Ale that I had uh, talked about. Let me bring this up on Beer Advocate. Because there's the there's the Rodenbach Grand Cru. There's this one, the Caractere, Caractere Rouge or whatever. And um, I think, let's see, is this the Ale or is it the Classic? Excuse me while I click these out. Um... Okay, yeah, I don't think it's the classic. I think it's the uh, the red-brown, but it's still a Flanders red. That one, very affordable for a six-pack. I think it was like $17.99 for a six-pack, and for a Flanders red six-pack, that's awesome. Um, but this one is apparently much, much more expensive. Um, it's a fantastic Flanders red, very nice sourness with cranberry and cherry, uh, somebody on Beer Advocate mentioned that it's extremely expensive. Well, not extremely, but on the expensive side. So I was glad I managed to grab a few tastes of it, kept going back for more. Reminded me when uh, Dennis and I went to that uh, festival in New York. And, um, oh, fuck. See, now now I'm forgetting the uh, the, the brewer that he, was go- he wanted to just go to again and again because it's stuff that's more expensive on the shelf. This is that kind of feeling there. Uh, the same guy on Beer Advocate mentioned it to step up from their Grand Crew, which I actually have not had yet. Was right alongside the the regular, um, the the red brown or whatever, uh, the ale, as they're calling it, on the shelf. So next time I'm out and actually buying beer, because again I still have, uh, I don't know, I, I I have a a full case that's comprised of a mix of the Atwater Blueberry Cobbler and the. Uh, the Sprecher hard root beer. But, uh, oh, God damn. And the modern times that I got, and then the enjoy buy, and Jesus Christ. I have problems. I know, I know, I know. Um, but, yeah, I see the Grand Crew on shelves, so I'm going to have to pick that up. And uh, it's affordable enough compared to some other stuff. So, next time I'm out there. Plus, I also have to search out that liquor store to see if there's a particular beer offered there from Sly Fox for, uh, for friend of the show, Kelly. Yes, I'll say friend of the show. (laughs) Then the last one in the um, VIP room 
Uh, Victory Wild Devil. I'd been wanting to try this one so many times after seeing it at the store. Uh, the local stores had been advertising it in their emailing lists and stuff like that. Victory always has lower prices on their stuff, and it can be a little hit or miss. I, I For the most part, I like Victory. I've had some duds from them. I've had some really great beers from them, so I think it all depends on certain styles. But this one, even with the lower price, I had never pulled the trigger just because I wasn't sure. It touts itself as an American wild ale, and it didn't really come across to me like that. So I'm glad I waited and did not buy a full bottle of it. For an American wild ale, much like the Ramstein Berliner Weiss, I I was underwhelmed by it. It, it didn't it didn't give me the punch that I expected from the style. Again, not that it was bad, but it just it didn't speak to me in that particular style um yeah i mean none none of the beers i had that saturday i could say were bad some of them may not have been great examples of the style but in terms of beer everything there was good <laughs> um okay for the general admission brews and there were some really, really good ones there. Uh, some I've had before, some I haven't. Ace Pineapple Cider. Holy fucking shit. I may have a new favorite cider. If you like pineapple, this thing tasted like fresh pineapple. This was another one that I went back for a few more tastes just because it, it jumped out to me that much. Because I, I believe they had regular apple, they had a pear, and then they had pineapple. So I'm like, okay, you know, I've had I've had pear ciders, I've had Perry's before, you know, I've had apple cider all over the place. I couldn't remember having a pineapple cider. I've had a pineapple lambic, not a pineapple cider. This one was amazing. I mean, it, dangerous because it had that that nice sweetness of pineapple juice. Um, the next one here, I did not even expect this to be at the festival. It was the Sierra Nevada Coffee Stout. Now, I'll admit, um, I hyped this one up in my head, and we, we talked about this on the show before. Like, is, is it bad to kind of have those expectations for beer, and can you hype it up too much? And I had hyped this coffee stout up in my head. And like I said, I had no idea it was going to be at this festival, so I just was not expecting this. It's really, really good. Uh, Sierra Nevada did an amazing job with this one. It, it could actually become one of my go-to coffee stouts if it's widely available enough. I know right now it's only available in that seasonal pack, but I have a feeling once that seasonal pack is off the shelves, they'll probably kick it into a six-pack, much like their other uh, regular beers, like you know the Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, the Sierra Nevada Stout, and other things like that. So if you get a chance to try that, it it it's it's... There's not much more I can say except that it's a damn good coffee stout. The, the flavor's perfect with it. Um, not not too bitter, not too sweet. Just works. It works. Um, I had Dogfish Head Theobroma, which I've had before. Um, if if you've you know if you've ever gotten any of the larger bottles of Dogfish Head, you kind of know what to expect from that. And those are always usually pretty good. There's still one that I have to try, and it was one that I actually sent to Mitch and Sherry. They're uh, red and white. I still have not bought a bottle of that yet, and I don't know why. Um, Rec Order League Wild Berries. I already knew I liked Rec Order League, but I mainly went back there f- 
few times just for the cute server. Because, as I said before, I'm a fucking pig. So, at least I admit it. Uh, Leafman's Fruitess. Had that multiple times at festivals. Uh, Doc's Draft, Framboise, Raspberry Hard Cider. This is one of those where if something like Lindemann's Framboise is a little too pricey for you, this comes pretty close at a fraction of the price, honestly. Uh, if you can get Doc's Draft in your area... They are a standout cider. Um, I I enjoy them more than your regular uh, retail ones like Woodchuck, Angry Orchard. Um, the only downside is Doc's Draft is only available in the larger, larger size bottles. What is it? I think like seven hundred fifty milliliter, something like that. Um, Abita was there. I had Purple Haze and Pecan Harvest Ale because why not? I love Abita, and if there's an opportunity for me to get basically free drinks of Abita, I'm going to do it. Um, sea Dog Wild Blueberry. I had not had this one in quite a while, and I was quickly reminded this is one of the best blueberry beers out there, um, which is kind of a shame because now it's spoiled Atwater's Blueberry Cobbler for me, which is still good, but Sea Dog just there's something about that one. It's probably the best candidate to make a black and blue with Guinness. If you're going to do that, get Sea Dog Wild, um, Wild Blueberry. You're going to get the perfect flavor out of that one. Uh, Elysian Brewing, The Wise ESB. I don't drink a lot of strong bitters these days, but that one was pretty tasty. Nutty, bready, caramel flavors, all that kind of stuff. Uh, Bolero Snort Brewery, a, uh, I believe they're a Jersey brewery. Their fall pasture was a pumpkin seasonal. Like I said before, pumpkin seasonals were all over the place, and I was mainly sticking to ones I hadn't had before just to see if there were any standouts. It was good. Um, you know, it, average, drinkable, but it didn't stand out to me as a pumpkin beer. Uh, Flounder Brewing, Floundering Pumpkin. This one is a brewery out of Hillsborough, New Jersey, and obviously another pumpkin one. This one hasn't even been bottled yet. They use a custom blend of ginger, cinnamon, and nutmeg, and they proudly proclaim that no allspice is used. That was one of the better pumpkin beers I had that day, and I'm looking forward to seeing more offerings from that brewery. Hopefully, they'll start showing up uh, in growler fills at uh, some of the stores I go to, because I, I honestly had never heard of them before, and I honestly don't even know how far away Hillsborough is from me, so maybe I'll have to uh, visit them at some point. You know, uh, Just because I'm curious now. Because while it's while it's fresh on my mind, I want to know if uh, I can I can um, tease a uh, visit to this brewery in the maybe near future, Hillsborough, New Jersey. How far away? Oh fuck, forty nine minutes, just right up two oh six. I can do that. Uh, yeah. Okay, just past Bridgewater. That's perfect. Yeah. So I uh, I might be checking those guys out. Uh, hopefully, sometime this winter, I'll have to take a look at that. Um, I was going nuts with ciders on Saturday for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe I was thinking slightly lower alcohol so I could pace myself easier. Because as you, if you saw the video, I don't know if you can tell, I was uh, getting pretty well toasted because I was consistently drinking, which is not what I should have been doing. This one was from Original Sin, their Cherry Tree Hard Cider. The sign they had up for it touted it as like cherry pie in a bottle, and they weren't kidding. I love cherry pie. 
Fat Kev loves cherry pie. And that one nailed the flavor. Uh, Lancaster Strawberry Wheat. That's always just a good one for me to have. Uh, it's weird. It's one that I rarely buy a six-pack of, but I'm always happy to see it at a festival. Steadfast Pumpkin Spiced Ale. Now, again, another pumpkin one. Oh, yeah, big deal, blah, blah, blah. I was curious to try this one specifically because it's the first gluten-free pumpkin beer I've seen. I cannot recall seeing any other gluten-free pumpkin beers. In fact, for the most part, gluten-free beers tend to stick to basic styles. I mean, you have your your gluten-free, you know, lager, pale ale. Um, you might have like an amber, but they don't really jump out in, you know, th- th- some of them like, uh, like Tweezin Ale from Dogfish Head might, you know, add fruit into it, which is always a good idea for a gluten-free brew. Um, because then it, it, it approaches more of that fruit beer flavor that you're expecting. But a pumpkin one, I had not seen that before. So I was going to, I had to try that one. And as a gluten-free beer and as a pumpkin beer, it drank pretty damn well. Uh, I didn't really have any complaints about it. Um, would I say it is, you know, head and shoulders above other pumpkin beers? No. Uh, the pumpkin flavor, it was what you would expect. But being that it came from a gluten-free beer, that knocked it up a couple notches in my book. Um, let's see, we've got another framboise. Uh, Mort Subit. Uh, I don't recall if I ever have seen them for sale around here. But this festival did its purpose for them because I'm going to grab some if I find it. Uh, I'm always in the market for a good framboise. Uh, Breckenridge Autumn Ale, another another seasonal. At least it wasn't a pumpkin one. Uh, Unibrew, um, and I, God damn it, I can't, I can't fucking pronounce stuff. Um, ah, Sherry, welcome to the chat. Uh, I believe it's Ephemer Ceris. Uh, tart cherry flavor with that one. Um, it was a little overly sweet for my taste, and that's coming from someone who likes a sweet beer. Defiant Brewing had Headless Horseman. Yes, another pumpkin ale. Uh, Tommyknocker Hopstrike Black IPA. I believe that was actually one of the only black IPAs there, which I found kind of surprising because I've been seeing more and more of those popping up on shelves. But um, if I recall, this is the only one I had that night, but was also still very good. Uh, Tommyknocker is one of those that they they just do solid beers. I have... I never go out of my way for them, but when I do have them, I'm always happy with them. Um, Neshamani Creek, Punkless Dunkel, another one of the pumpkin beers, but had a good flavor balance. That brewer's been hit or miss with me, but that one was probably one of the better pumpkin ones I had that day. And don't worry, I'm almost done with this list, I promise. I know. Can you tell I drank a lot that day? And, 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 you know, having, going back for seconds of some of these, it gives you an idea there. Uh, Three Beards Brewing, Bearded Lady, Rye, and Raspberry. I think this is the first beer I've ever had from Three Beards, and it's a good one. It had nice rye finish to it without being overly sweet on the raspberry. And, oh, okay, I'm going to do a little bit of promotion here for Sherry. She found the wine version of Untapped. That is very interesting. That, that is, that is, I mean, I know they're 
millions of wines out there, but it it almost seems like that's almost more specialized than untapped, even though I, I know it's not. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not as much a wine drinker, so I'm not as in the know. Uh, but she said, if anyone drinks wines, she needs people to follow. It's uh, vivino.com, V-I-V-I-N-O.com. So um, look up Sherry on there. She said, all the apps have been pretty shitty, but this one seems good. So uh, Sherry, what, what's your, what's your uh, username on there? If I could share that with all these lovely people. So it's uh, vivino.com, V-I-V-I-N-O.com. And actually, I'm, 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 I'm curious about that now. Makes me want, wonder if they'd have my boxed wine on there. I doubt it. <laughs> then again, the wine I have, the boxed wine I had is not a horrible boxed wine. I'm going to bookmark this because if I, if I do start seriously getting back into wine, that will be awesome. Okay, Sherry's checking on her username. Uh, well, while Sherry does that, um, let's see. Oh, okay. This was this was a big surprise at this festival. Spencer Trappist Ale. For those longtime listeners, you know I've talked about this place before. It's the first American Trappist brewery, and thus far, they've only distributed in their native Massachusetts, and they're just starting to distribute in Georgia, if I recall correctly. So I never thought I'd catch even a whiff of this. So I was I was really shocked when I saw it there. Um, all I can say, it's a solid, solid Belgian pale ale that they got a fantastic effort from these, you know, Trappist pioneers here. Um, so hopefully they will get a good foothold in their markets and be able to spread out with further distribution. I'd really like to see that. And I'd love to support an authentic American Trappist brewery because it also means that get Trappist beers a little bit cheaper. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Uh, Sherry said it's just her name. Sherry Doll. She signed up through Facebook, so if you're her friend on Facebook, it's easy to find her. And, um, yeah. So, yeah, uh, that is V-I-V-I-N-O, Vivino.com. Hell, you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm going to sign up on there anyway, and uh, I, I, have, I have wine every so often. You know, if they, if they had if they had more good wines and single serving side, no, I know they're, they're only the shitty wines come in single serving. <laughs> I want juice box wines, and yes, I know those are out there. Um, let's see, Roy Black on Crack says enough hits for Francia. Doesn't have the rice wine I hated. Oh yeah, what? Oh shit, yeah. Um, but that I, I would would Vivino technically have sakes on there? Because I mean, those are technically rice wines right let me do a search here um well i'll be damned they do oh okay uh i i'm back in i'm totally back in on this one god damn uh you, I, i'm gonna add you as a friend later sherry god damn oh <laughs> now i'm in trouble because i do enjoy sake um although i have not had some in a while and i need to uh Start doing that some more, especially when the winter hits, because I love some some nice hot sake. Oh, so relaxing with that. Uh, let's see, I got three more beers on here. Uh, Star Hill Smokeout. I had a growler of that before. Still good. Um, wasn't as smoky as I remembered, but all rock beers pale in comparison to Ike Schlenkerla rock beer. See, I've gotten good at saying that now. Um, Cricket Hill Pumpkin Ale. 
that was one I got a taste of at the brewery a couple months ago before it got released, and I wanted to see if it had changed at all, and it hasn't. It's a good pumpkin beer. It's not overly remarkable to me, but it's nice and sessionable at its alcohol level, too, which is kind of nice. A lot of these pumpkin beers are really cranking up the alcohol levels, which, I don't know, sometimes you just want to relax with some pumpkin. And then the last one on here, which actually, coincidentally, was the first drink I had that day. This was from Angry Eric Brewing, and I had actually gotten a growler of their FICA Stout uh, maybe about a month ago or so. I think that was really my first exposure to them. Well, this one was called Viva Verde. It is a jalapeno IPA. They offered to throw a little slice of jalapeno into the glass for good measure, which of course I took. You get that jalapeno flavor, but without the overwhelming heat, which was nice. Uh, A lot of the times when you have those chili beers, the spice and the heat overwhelms that natural flavor you get from the peppers. It reminded me a little bit of when I would have more kind of plain-ish beers, not, not Bud Light or whatever, but... Um, you know, a regular lager or something like that. You know, not, not something with a lot of other spices, flavors, elements to it. And I would add that habanero brew salt. It actually reminded me a lot of that, but mm, probably even more flavorful because you're actually, you, you really got that natural jalapeno in there. I, I would like to see more jalapeno IPAs because that worked really, really well. I'm hoping I actually see that one available in a growler fill at some point. Ah, Jesus. I talk so much, I gotta whip my whistle. So, overall, I had a good time. I stuck around for most of the festival. I I think, I don't know, I I may have left like mm, 45 minutes early, which, considering I, you know, was there, let's see, noon, one, two, three, I, I was there for, what, at least three and a half hours or so. I'm glad I did VIP tickets at least once just to see what specifically it would offer. But to be honest, I probably, and that this is just for me, I probably wouldn't do it again for the extra $30, $40 or whatever it was. I'd rather see more genuinely hard-to-find exclusive beers in the VIP section. Now, I'm not, I'm not saying you need to get Planet of the Elder and Hetty Topper and stuff like that in there. But, um, and actually, that just reminded me, Carton Brewing wasn't there. They were at the, I think they were at the last one I went to, but they were not at this one. That actually surprises me. You know, stuff stuff from Carton that you don't see on shelves. I mean, you see, let's see, you see Boat Beer and you see 07 Triple X. That's, I believe those are the only ones they can. I'm sorry, uh, Monkey Chase the Weasel too, but that's only available at their brewery. Um, everything else is a growler fill. Um, I'd, I'd like to see more stuff like that. I think, God, now that I think about in the VIP section, I don't think there was a single beer there that was actually served on tap. Um... There may there may have been a couple that I'm not remembering, but honestly, I think everything there was 
from a bottle. And like I said, at least 50% of it I had either had or had easily seen before. So I'd love to see more hard to find, more exclusive, more, you know, first time out or, you know, um, we may not even release this. This is a festival exclusive, you know, that kind of stuff. I know at the Garden State Brew Fest, um, Carton had one that was, it was kind of like that. It was a very limited release sour. And it was the one that my wife said smelled like vomit. And yes, it honestly did smell like vomit. Um, had that really, really funky, funky smell to it. But um, the taste was actually much better than that. And it, search back in an episode from the Garden State Brew Fest. You'll, you'll, you'll find what I'm talking about. Um, but I, I want to see more of those kind of beers rather than stuff I can actually easily pick off a shelf in the local shop, right? You know, find, find me something that I can't get a bottle of, that I can't find in a bottle at all, that has to be served on tap, you know, things like that. So that, that was a little disappointing there. Um, like I said, I uploaded a short feature on the ABV YouTube channel at youtube.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. So if you want to check it out, subscribe to the channel. Uh, like I said, I, I shot it on an old Sony bloggy, so the footage is... But, you know, the, the next festival I go to, I probably won't be alone. Uh, this is one of the rare ones I, go, I went to without my wife and my father-in-law. And I'll probably be able to enlist the help of one of them with my better quality Sony palm quarter. But it's up there, and it's getting views, so check it out. Uh, and that was the Big Brew Beer Fest Fall 2014 in... Morristown, New Jersey. Uh, after the break, I have uh, a handful of news items. A uh, little bit of news that uh, Stone Brewing made. Uh, there was there was a bit of a kerfluffle on Twitter this morning from um, what the hell is their name? Um, uh, Pretty Things Beer and Ale Project. I'm I'm not familiar with them. But I started following them on Twitter today just to see what the uh, whole uproar was. But there was apparently a bit of a kerfluffle on there. So we'll get into that. And uh, time permitting, a few more stories here on Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. Alcohol by Cheers. Volume, Kevin oh, Show. Hey! hey. Oh, it's the name of the show. Hey! More like radio, less like crap. Want more Alcohol by Volume? Because I'm kind of drunk for this. Let's shit nuts. Download past episodes at morelikeradio.org. Join the Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. Like the Facebook page, facebook.com slash MLR alcohol by volume. And follow along on Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. I find you're drunk in this theater. You're on appeal. I am drunk, or I wouldn't be talking to you. Mr. Turtle, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? I ain't never made it through a whole episode. Ask Mr. Owl. Mr. Owl, how many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? Let's find out. A one, a two, a three, three. How many hosts does it take to make a podcast as good as the Shy Kids podcast? The world may never know. I said three, motherfucker. The Shy Kids podcast. Saturdays, 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific at morelikeradio.com. We are the Shy Kids. That was emotionally fucked. What? You can't even say it wrong correctly. Mary Cat. 
Atley and Oshley. Stroking worse than Kate. Wow. See, Mary Cat and Billy Ocean? Well, that was the one you, you had. You could probably you could probably you could probably say Mary Catley Olsen because then you wouldn't have to say Ashley. But you know what else? You know what else I read? What I figured out was interesting. Why don't people call it Ashley and Mary Kate Olsen instead of Mary Kate and Oshley? God damn it. <laughs> Talk Radio Meltdown every Friday from 4 to 6 p.m. Eastern on morelikeradio.com. Hey, smokers, you stink. I'm not talking about your character. That's a given. I'm talking about your clothes. It's time to kick the butts and move over to something more pleasant. I'm talking about e-cigs from Smokeless Image. They're cheaper than cigarettes, don't smell, and are available in a wide variety of flavors ranging from mints, fruits, desserts, or the traditional tobacco flavors if that's what you want. Simply go to tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke for all your vaping needs. That's tinyurl.com slash mlrsmoke. Saturday's noon east. Join Halls and Rorschach as they bring you the news you need to get you through your weekend. Ollie, can you hear me? Yes. <laughs> okay, Ollie, I'm outside right now. It's, uh, it's, uh, it's really boring hard out here. Uh, Sounds like it. Where are you at? Are you in Antarctica? Uh, wait a minute, Holly. I see somebody coming toward me. There's a, there's a man coming toward me. Uh, hold on a second. Uh, what are you doing in my yard? I'm getting too old for this shit. Hey guys, it's Halls from It's All About Me. Join Rorschach and myself every Saturday from noon to 2 Eastern Time right here on More Like Radio. If you weren't able to catch the last Hippo Juice show, here's what you probably missed. I just keep thinking to myself and it makes me giggle that I, every time I hear the story, I imagine it was Ray Romano in the same situation. <laughs> oh, 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 kind of does. I barely that. touched her. Come on. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Oh, it was my brother. Look at him. He's bigger than me. Come on. Oh. Come on, everybody loves me. Oh, I, got, I got twins. Come on. Oh, let's go. Let's go Home Depot. Come on. Fess up, Raymond. You know it was you. They got you on video. Anybody want soup? Ma, come on. We're talking over here. <laughs> So if you learn anything from Hippo Juice, remember Ray Romano allegedly punched his wife in an elevator. Right. We don't report the news accurately. We report half of it. Whatever. It's still news. So fuck you guys. This is more entertaining than some football player. Listen to the Hippo Juice Show live every Wednesday night, 7 to 9 p.m. on morelikeradio.com. Have you ever wanted something so bad that you do just about anything for it? Well, that's exactly how we feel about you. That's right. AdamandEve.com wants you so bad. We're giving you 10 free gifts with your first order. You heard me right. That's 10 free gifts to spice up your love life. First, you'll get a sexy surprise for her. Second, an adventurous toy for him. And third, a little something we know you'll both enjoy. Plus, you'll get six full-length adult movies on DVD. And number 10... 
free shipping on your entire order. That's 10 free gifts for you shy types who've never tried Adam and Eve before. Just go to adamandeve.com and select any one item. It could be an adventurous new toy, a sexy piece of lingerie, or anything you desire. Just enter offer code DEAL48 at checkout and you'll get all 10 free gifts, including free shipping. That's offer code DEAL48. That's D-E-A-L-48 at adamandeve.com. In other words, the start of the last episode, we went through uh, different nationalities, you know, and now people know that we're Irish. <laughs> and now people know that we're all shite at accents <laughs> as well. <laughs> but I was wondering, is it prejudice to not make fun of, like, all of the countries? Where's you going for here? We'll name check every country on the show, that way no one can be mad. How about that? I could do Swedish. Oh, yeah, what? Birdie, birdie. <laughs> and to the Italians? Papa the Poopy. Papa the Poopy. <laughs> okay. To the Mexicans? Hey, hey man. <laughs> uh, Spain? <laughs> uh, Singapore? Oh. <laughs> Amazing. Australians? Cockerel Doom Dark. No. You big loop, are you? No, that sounds That's like terrible. Limerick or something. <laughs> That's right, we never slide off the Irish, do we? Someone put a bomb in me potato. <laughs> there you go. OSW Review. All Irish, all racist. <laughs> oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in. This is Mitch, producer of Dutch and Royce. I just wanted to take a quick moment to remind you why we are better than you. I took the turkey baster and put it in the glass and sucked up as much pee as I could. I took the turkey baster after lubricating it in my asshole and put it up as far as I could in my asshole and I was repeatedly thrusting it in and out while jacking off and screaming out a boy's name and moaning to make it feel like it was real. I can't believe. I then I then imagined my I then imagined in my head him screaming, "I'm coming." And I squeeze the turkey baster ball, shooting all my pee into my hands. <laughs> I kept taking to the, t- I kept taking the turkey baster out and filling it with more pee and shooting it deep into my asshole, <laughs> making it feel like it was a huge come. Listen to Dutch and Royce live Tuesdays from ten to midnight, only on MoreLikeRadio.com. Hey you, yes. You guessed 10,542. Change your username. And while you're in the More Like Radio live page listening to fine quality programming, notice the banner ad just slightly above the chat room. It's a link to something you want in Amazon. Click it. It's probably reminding you to order something you need from Amazon.com. Don't leave MLR and type the URL like a sucker. Just click the link and it'll open in a new window. This way you can buy your shit and continue listening to the show. Now, change your username. Right there on the right, stupid. A tub of lineup stronger than Owen Hart's safety harness. More like radio.com. Other internet radio stations are gay. You're listening to Alcohol by Volume on More Like Radio. Free beer! Free beer! Free beer! Free beer! Free beer! Free beer! 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 Beer!
Hello, I'm here for the free beer. You got it. Right after these 800 people get. Beer, 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 beer. Welcome back to Alcohol by Volume here on More Like Radio. Had to make sure I was actually talking into the right side of the microphone, goddammit. The voice is going on me. Oof. I don't think I've talked this much in the past three days. Ah. So, as always, if you'd like to call in, 862-345-7125. Alcohol by volume is the Skype name. And if you're listening live and you're not in the chat room, what the fuck are you doing? I mean, if you're driving, that's fine. You know, unless you get a mount for your phone, in which case you can go to the chat room while you're driving and we claim no responsibility for any traffic accidents that may occur. More like radio.com slash live. Uh, okay, the legal department just told me, uh, don't drive and chat. Pull over. Pull over. You don't have to be somewhere that important. Pull over and get in the chat, fuckers. Ah. Yes, I write all my own material. Why were you asking? Ugh. Okay, Stone Brewing. This is from the Times Dispatch. Stone Brewing has apparently made a decision on their East Coast brewery. I can still say brewery. Location. So let's find out where it is going. Um, let's see, do I have... Oh, yeah, there's a drum roll. See, I got sound effects in this fucking show. I know what I'm doing. Richmond, Virginia! Yeah, I guess it's not that exciting. Um, but yes, Stone is going to be uh, in uh, Richmond, Virginia now. Uh, it was it was a bit of a battle. There was uh, talk about uh, Ohio. I think, what was it? Was Columbus in the mix? Uh, Norfolk, Virginia, but ended up going to Richmond. Uh, let's see. This article from the Times-Dispatch, they probably say it best. After an all-out push that included the installation of a kegerator in Virginia Executive Mansion, uh, Virginia's Executive Mansion, Governor Terry McAuliffe announced today that Stone Brewing Company has chosen Richmond for a coveted new production facility, the brewer's first in the eastern United States. So I was hoping it'd be a little bit closer to me. Eh, it's about five and a half hours. That's a little bit of a haul for me. You know, if I'm going to drive, you know, five hours or whatever, I'm just going to go up to fucking Boston. Um, Landing Stone is also a major victory for Richmond Mayor Dwight C. Jones and his economic development team, which has been competing with cities from several states for the project. The governor made a personal pitch for Virginia last month. He said he had hosted company executives at the mansion and drank st- wait and drunk stone beer with them. Yes, they said drunk. Wouldn't that be drank? Nice job, Times Dispatch. Watch, that's probably like proper grammar, and I don't realize it. Uh, he also traveled to San Diego to meet the company. Uh, Richmond won out over two finalists, Norfolk uh-huh, and Columbus, Ohio. See, I have a decent memory for this stuff. Um, Roanoke was in contention until mid-summer. See, Roanoke would have been fucking awesome because if I moved down to the Carolinas, I'd be good for that. Yes, I'm looking for jobs in the Carolinas now, too. I'm pretty much looking anywhere at this point. Uh, Stone is in line to receive $5 million in public grant money, according to sources, but the precise details on state and local incentives were unclear Wednesday. Is this, uh, yes, that was last Wednesday. This is a current article, goddammit. 
Uh, for anybody that's in that area, the local facility will be built in the greater Fulton neighborhood, the city's east end. Sources said that for months, the city has been working to prepare about 12 and a half acres of publicly owned land bounded by Williamsburg Avenue and Nicholson Street across from Gillies Creek Park. See, now, now we're just getting all local, local, local. Uh, company announced recently announced plans for a facility in Berlin, blah, 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 blah. Uh, Stone's production at this new facility is projected to top uh, 120,000 barrels per year at the onset and could grow to nearly 500,000. Or wait, are they talking about? Uh, are they talking about Berlin here? Uh, ah, fuck, they might be talking about Berlin with that. Well, whatever. Uh, let's see if there are any annoying commenters here. Uh. Stone is a very creative brewery. Okay, yeah. Great thing for Richmond. Blah, blah, blah. Um, I think I speak for all the craft beer enthusiasts in Columbus when I say it's a huge disappointment for Central Ohio. And that's that's a fair comment there. Um, okay, here we go. Jim Robinson. He's a he's a top commenter on the Times-Dispatch. Um, let's see. What, 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 uh, what voice should I give him? I'll give him a whiny voice. Uh, I'll be happy for the people who find work due to the location of the firm here, but the concept of payola, bribery, etc. by government officials to have companies locate here should be ended here and everywhere in the nation. Basically, private firms throw out bones and then extort the finalists for the best deals. In fact, the economy of the... Wait, uh, now I'm starting to sound like Bane. In fact, the economy of the nation is not changed at all by these decisions unless Stone was planning to brew overseas. This whole procedure fits into the crony capitalism and economic rents made by those with money already, like Batman. That is an ABV first. Yeah, ABV first. I cannot believe I just did <laughs> fucking bane. Um, installation of a camera. Blah, blah, blah. Seeing if anybody else is uh, pissing off about this. Uh, Side of the old, old city's Fulton Gas Works. Uh, talking about a potential environmental mess. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, further down the hill. Good. Uh, da, 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 da. Yeah, most people. Most people seem to be. Most people seem to be. For this, talking about the you know extra revenue brought into the area, the extra jobs that are going to be brought in, I I don't see a problem with this, and honestly, that's just the way capitalism works. You wine and dine to, well, sadly, it's the way politics works too. But you wine and dine to you know try and get the people to you know do business with you or you know come to your area or sign your bill and. Yeah, just the way it is. But I, I think it's a good thing for Stone to be on the East Coast. Um, just think of with the Enjoy by IPAs. East Coast is going to get fucking awesome distribution for that now, I would say. At least I would hope. I mean, once they open up, obviously. Um, okay. This, uh, this next bit, uh, Brent actually posted this on... Uh, Oh, I'm seeing in the chat. Sherry's trying to tell me to come to Minnesota. God damn, no, it's too cold. Too cold. I'm I'm trying to get away from the snow, Sherry. Believe me. If if 
if the snow was not an issue with me at this point, um, I would have had no problem coming up there because I know uh, Mitch was like saying that there, you know, job potential for me specifically. Ah, <sighs> and come on, go, going to work with Mitch every day—that would have been great. Whew. And you could still continue to be his beard, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's only cold nine months of the year. I know. Uh, we're, we're we're trying we're trying to go somewhere where there is little to no snow anymore. We're 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 tired of it. Oh. Minnesota would be great because of the breweries, but uh, got to go south. That's what the family wants. So I'm gonna do what the family wants. Um. So white ass Brent. Uh, posted this on the Facebook group earlier today, and I saw a little bit of it on Reddit as well. Um, the let's see, the Reddit thread is entitled "Committed Lines and Pay to Play in Craft Beer." The one from Beer Advocate is "Pretty Things Go Pretty Things Goes to Town on Pay to Play in Massachusetts." Basically, uh, this is what uh, Todd Alstrom, uh, one of the founders of Beer Advocate, he uh, started this thread here. Posting in the wee hours, uh, 1.53 a.m. Eastern Time, Pretty Things, uh, Dan Paquette, went on a pay-to-play rant in a flurry of tweets that lasted over an hour. Many of you were probably asleep, so here's what you missed. Click the links. Many have replies. And if you want to um, check out these tweets in their entirety, it's uh, twitter.com slash prettybeer. And like I said, I started following them uh, earlier today to check out some what was going on. But basically, before I get into this, the um, the concept of pay to play when it comes to beer, it basically involves breweries paying, basically buying taps at establishments, be it you know bar, pub. Um, I guess potentially even you know liquor stores that do growlers, um, as as a means of kind of nudging their product in there. Um, year you know for years, Anheuser Busch has been accused of doing this. Um, I think pretty much all the big beer companies have been accused of doing this to push out the little guys from bars. Um, nowadays, I mean, they're so firmly entrenched in there, I don't think it's really necessary. I mean, you know, people go to a bar and, you know, probably, you know, 75% of the people are going to want a Bud Light or a Miller or, you know, whatever whatever macro brew is there. Um, but um, pretty things went on this rant about, let's see, uh, started with, can anyone guess why we're not served at uh, Bukowski Boston or Lower Depths Boston and others from that group? Correct, we won't illegally buy lines. Basically accusing those two establishments of um, of uh, letting brewers you know, buy lines by, you know, taps at their establishments. Now, the big thing is, this is actually illegal in Massachusetts, but the word is that it happens a lot and it's just kind of ignored. Um, The tweets went on, 
Boston is a pay-to-play town, and we're often shut out for draft lines, along with many beers you may love. The question is not who's complaining about it. The question is who's buying these lines, and why is no one doing anything about it? Since I've started as a brewer in 92, it's been a given in Boston that beer lines were for sale. Ever heard the term committed lines? This is what it means. Breweries buy draft lines so their lame beers aren't irrelevant. Um, let's see, the Mass, Mass Brewers Guild has no opinion on buying lines since they have many members who do it as a policy. Massachusetts is a state that just doesn't care who breaks this particular law. Um, if lines were not for sale in Massachusetts and your beer selection would be so much better, that's a guarantee. Greedy bars want free craft beer for what end? If bars want lines paid for, they can get them in Massachusetts from all kinds of breweries. See, I, I think it just, this honestly, I think it was a drunken rant after a while. Um, let's see, bars from now on, don't tell us who bought lines from you. We're fucking fed up and we're not the ones breaking the law. We're listening. Um, Local breweries are fearful if they mention pay-to-play, they're going to get in trouble. Uh, ever walked into a bar and wondered why they don't serve local beer? Blah, blah, blah. Um, let's see. <laughs> Saw an ad for a bank who gives away free ice cream. If a banker giving away ice cream isn't a sign you're getting screwed, then I don't know. Um, and it kind of went on like that. Um, let's see. Uh, just kind of scrolling through this beer advocate thread here. Reddit had had a lot of good comments on it. I'll I'll, I'll bump over to that in a second. But I don't find anything good on here. Um, let's see. Somebody says, "Am I the only one who had no idea this was going on?" I actually I I was familiar with this only because I remember um Greg Cook from um from Stone had made mention of it at one point uh, some months back. Um, am I the only one who had no idea this was going on? I assume if it's happening in Boston, it's happening all over. Anyone know if that's true? Um, and let's see. Uh, really, perhaps it is because I know some people who work at bars and breweries, but I have heard often of bars being offered money or demanding money. I can understand the temptation as a small bar when a big brewery offers you a decent sum, but it's completely unethical and doesn't foster fair competition. And that's, that's the reason it's illegal. Because if you have enough money, you can just, you know, say, okay, all these taps are serving Anheuser-Busch products. Everybody else is out. Obviously, unfair competition right there. I'm sure bigger breweries that are offering money will defend their actions with some BS about Darwin, etc. But personally, I'd rather not support bars or breweries who engage in said practices. Granted, there are so many things corrupt in the industry from the three-tier system to lobbying against anything and everything craft. Uh, the 64-ounce growler issue in Florida and stuff like that. It, uh, the three-tier system, it's it's the producers, the distributors, and the retailers, I think. Is that it? Um, what the fuck? Uh, yeah, producers, distributors, retailers. And that's and that, that was the system that was set up after the, the, the uh, repeal of prohibition. So, I mean, that's that's pretty well entrenched in um, in alcohol sales culture now uh let's see okay in the reddit thread um let's see <laughs> yeah okay salt and slug uh on uh, reddit says more to the point why should i take pretty things argument at face value when the dude was plainly drunk tweeting i never see that from official accounts 
this is true. I usually do all my drunk tweeting from my personal account, not the show Twitter, because that's just a bad idea. Um, owner of the two places they called out responds. Doesn't actually deny anything and just decided to attack. Let's see uh, what this is. Oh, here we go. Oh, wow. It's actually a... Uh, it's, it's, wow, it's a, a docx file on... Uh, on uh, Unbox. Okay. Dear Dan, today I found myself awakened with a flurry of social media activity regarding your interpretation of my company buying practices and that we, quote, illegally sell or buy draft lines. Though common practice of giving away kegs or other gifts to move product may be common with other companies, I'm forced to question your own practices. Wait, why is he accusing him now? I personally don't even know you. Never asked you for a damn thing. Never intend to ask you for a damn thing and will not serve your inferior product. The reason your product is inferior for my clientele is simply based on price versus quality. Local cases in point. Slum Brew, Boston Beer Company, Mayflower, Two Roads, True Roads, Trillium, Otter Creek, Peak, Night Shift, Bantam, Notch, and Jack's Abbey. These quality brewers sell at $99 to $170 per keg. On the larger scale, Stone Harpoon and Sam Adams bought hops for small brewers during shortages to keep small businesses afloat. They, too, provide affordable, quality brews for my clientele and have done so through the good times and bad times that I've owned these bars for the past 25 years. Ah, this is kind of interesting. Pretty things equals not-so-pretty pricing at $200 per keg. To pass that on to my customers puts me in a different price point as a restaurant owner. I operate restaurants at a mid-range price point paired with high-quality chef-driven food in order to complement and support local small brewers. I understand you want to be avant-garde and have the most expensive beer on the market, but it doesn't work for us, Dan. Therefore, I'll continue to stay with the small brewers and local small businesses that have channeled this influx of home-crafted, wonderful brews. We as a small business were at the forefront of this movement. Small brick-and-mortar restaurants are what made pretty things. And now from me to you, as I've done with large companies in the past, I've decided to never serve your product. Not only will I not sell your product because it is both inferior for the price, it's unfortunate that you would lump our small businesses into the paid-to-play category. I hope in your late night apparent drunken tweeting, you have not heard all the other small businesses and small local crafters out there today. We will continue to support the small local brewers. We just won't be supporting you. So, I mean, this guy that posted that said, you know, doesn't really, doesn't actually deny anything and just decided to attack. And it's true. He, he didn't deny anything. Um, but, is it possible that pretty things have kind of priced themselves out of that particular market? Perhaps. Um, you know, th those were other craft brewers that that guy was mentioning. At the top end, it was $170 a keg. Uh, $200 does seem a bit steep, steep, especially for something that he considers inferior to those. Um, let's see here. Um... One thing I haven't seen mentioned in the previous comments is three-tier system, which so many of us get frustrated by when we try to get out-of-market beers, is designed to stop precisely this outcome. Uh, on the one hand, this might be defense of the three-tier system. On the other, you might reasonably think that absent effective enforcement, we're living with the worst of both worlds. That's Chewy23. Um, okay, yeah, uh, distributor pays for draft lines. Distributor tells you what to put on. Simple as that. It happens everywhere, and the Coors and Bud Houses here in New Jersey are guilty of it. Uh, this is idrinkgoodbeer.com. Uh, the craft brewer, uh, the craft distributors do it too, but at least they have a vast portfolio of great beer to fill the lines with, not some shitty blue moon. But you know what? 
um, the fact that it doesn't make it any better that the craft distributors are doing it. It's like, well, Big Beer does it. Well, have a little fucking integrity and some confidence in your product. It, 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 you, you lose the integrity by paying for the lines, honestly. If, if, if I find out, you know, I mean, I, I'm not going to be surprised if I find out, you know, oh, you know, Anheuser-Busch paid for that, you know, five lines at this bar. But if I start seeing, oh, and, you know, I don't know, let me just throw out um, I don't know, Southern Tier. Let's say Southern Tier, you know, paid for, you know, the other five. Well, I don't know. I, I, I wouldn't see them as any better than Anheuser-Busch at that point. Um, let's see. They called out two major beer bars in Boston by name and called out a popular new Boston-based brewery, but not by name. I'm assuming it's Trillium. Uh, Pretty Things make some spectacular beers and usually the first things I go for when I go back to Boston. Thankfully, not all the bars in the Boston area are doing this, but I always wondered why they weren't on more menus up there. Now I know why. Yeah, they're not on more menus up there because apparently they're charging more than everybody else. That's kind of what it uh, kind of what it seems to be at this point. Um, at least that's what I'm getting for it. Uh, let's see. Um, yeah, somebody else saying the only uh, this is esoteric. The only people that seem to be paying for lines out here in San Diego seem to be Miller Coors and Anheuser Busch. Okay, not surprising. Um, okay, Th- this this was the one comment that um, that I thought was probably the best of the bunch. This is actually a throwaway account from Beer Sales Throwaway. Um, <coughs> hold on, ah. throat's getting too damn dry tonight. I'll start by saying most of this. Um, I'll I'll start off saying this is most often not illegal. Sometimes cash exchanges do happen, which has many gray laws behind it. Um, and this guy, his sales territory is the Northeast U.S., so his opinion and insight only applies towards those states. Uh, most often it goes by discounting product, which is not illegal. Um, giving people discounted kegs is a common occurrence. It happens. All the bigger guys do it. Sam Adams is notorious for doing this. And you know what? Um, t- to be honest, I, I can't fault... I can't fault them for doing that. Um, if you have the means to give a discount, it, it's not quite the same as handing them free money. Um, but, you know, I, I can't begrudge Sam Adams for doing it, especially because they they probably used to be in a position where they could not get into the bars. And I said, well, you know what? Um, we, we can we can throw you a deal on this. Um, you know, how much you know how much are you paying for for Bud Light? Oh, okay. Well, you know what? Um, Boston Lager, we can get we can do this much for it on you. It's the market system there. That that is that is the free market at that point. Um, let's see. Uh, Fenway, TD Garden, all get the product for free. I did not know that, but it doesn't surprise me. It happens. Uh, this is the way it was done and even goes past uh, the draft line game. Cooler space and shelf space now have become a target. We have the bigger, better stores starting to charge a rent fee for space on the shelves. I know a long time back I went into how the distributors arrange the shelves in such a way to sell certain product. 
It's almost identical the way Walmart works with end caps and establishing locations such as Soda Space and Chips. Everyone looks at this as a negative and bitches about it. Basically, you can sit there and cry and take it, uh, take Budweiser, Miller, Sam Adams, Heineken to court. Good luck. Or you can take that and embrace it. Sales is a fun industry for the cha- uh, for the challenge. Um, wait, sales is a fun industry for the challenge, or is it sales is a fun challenge for the industry? I don't know. Uh, I think of it as a positive for the industry, to be completely honest. It keeps beer costs low in an already expensive area. How do you think you can get a 2 to $5 draft beer in a city when the average price of a pint is $7? It also allows the top craft beers to be seen and heard. If you have a brand and a beer that is amazing, most often the bars will be asking you to carry it. It's part of the game. If you don't like it, don't play it or make legislation to change it. So the problem with this is, in, the, in Massachusetts, it is illegal, but nobody's prosecuting this. Um, everyone knows it happens if it didn't happen in the forms of money discounted products sometimes people get coolers and draft systems purchased by the distributor or brewery those are owned by that brewery and they can do what they want with their lines that's a little different um, you know it, it, if the system was purchased by the brewery well, obviously they can do what they want with it that you know there's no question about that um, now Somebody else responded, I agree to an extent, yes, business is business, but the three-tier system is corrupt and awful. It allows for this stuff to happen. Uh, did a local craft brewery just brew something up and they want to bring a keg of it over to the local bar to see how it fares? Too bad. Go through your distributor. Yes, some states you may be able to do it, but you still need to do paperwork and fill out the sale on paper. And that's the three-tier system. you got to have the distributor. Otherwise, you fucked. Um, ah... Uh, and it's weird. I, I don't like the straight-up pay-to-play, but I have less of a problem with the discounted product. Um, and a lot of it's... Uh, I mean, in dollar signs, a lot of it's the same thing. Um, the discounted product, for some reason, feels that it has a little bit more integrity in that... Mm, the bit, oh, God damn, the brewery's still taking a loss at that point, but it almost seems like it's more of a noble sacrifice. Um, well, yeah, look look at it this way: pure pay to play, paying for the taps, paying for the lines. You're still paying for that beer. It's just that you got some extra money to reserve that tap and that line. Uh, the discounted kegs and stuff. You don't have to buy those. You know, it's up to you. So I think there is some more integrity in the discounted product. It's just my thought with it. <coughs> God damn. Oi. Mm. See if there's any other interesting comments in this article here. But I, I got to thank Brent for uh, for posting on the Facebook group because I, I would have completely missed this today. Um. Let's see. Some of the prices, some of the prices, some places charge for beer is absolutely insane. Um, I thought the Bay Area here was bad, but I get craft beer and amazing selection. But actually, at every place I go for a max of six to seven dollars a pint. My regular neighborhood bar can get pints of PBR for three dollars and pints of Racer Five for four. Well, like I said, I got that gastro pub uh, nearby that I can get pints of PBR for two bucks, which is fucking fantastic. I mean, PBR is PBR, but for two bucks, I'm not going to complain. Um, at seven to ten dollars a pint, I simply wouldn't frequent that establishment. There are places out here 
craft beer bars where you're paying that much for a pint. It's not surprising. It, it depends. It depends what it is. It depends the alcohol level of it and everything. Um, yeah. Somebody else says that's not even the worst. Generally, some bars have specialties at seven to ten dollars uh, per ten to twelve ounce pour. Yeah. Well, I mean, shit. If it's if it's you know, um, if it's like an imported Belgian beer or something, or God forbid, uh, an imported sour. Yeah, of course you're gonna you know pay more. I remember when I went to um, Monk's Cafe in Philly. Um, a pour of that. In fact, let me see if I don't know if they have the pricing on there website or not Monk's Cafe um that that wasn't even a pint that I was getting off that uh let's see here and if you're ever in Philly good god go there please go there so good um nah they don't got the prices or anything on here um coming soon oh god damn they got Cigar City there Jesus Christ Oh, I want to go back to Philly now. Son of a bitch. Okay, yeah, Monk's Cafe. Own private label. Yeah. Oh, oi. But, like, okay, the stuff they have on tap here, Algash White, Bear Republic, Racer 5, Chime Premier. Well, yeah, um, that's going to be a little more expensive. Chime Triple. Yeah. <laughs> Delirium Tremens on tap. Uh. Yeah, you're going to be paying a premium for some of this stuff. I mean, that's just kind of the way it is. Um, now, am I going to pay seven bucks for a bead of purple haze on tap? No, hell no. Um, I guess you got to be smart when it comes to uh, you got to be smart to you know know what you're buying at these places. For instance, like when when I when we were at uh, Cloverleaf, mm, prices maybe a little bit high. Um, I definitely wasn't buying bottles there. I was just I was buying uh, on draft because I'm I'm not gonna spend you know six bucks on a bottle of beer, especially if I can get that you know said bottle of beer in the store. Jesus Christ! I have started rambling uh, completely randomly. And uh, welcome to the chat, Mitch. More like cigar shitty. Ha ha. <coughs> um. I don't think there was really anything. Um, oh, okay, you know what? Um, one last one on this Reddit thread, and then I'll move into some other stuff. Uh, let's see, he, Dave's case says, I work in a moderate-sized beer bar in central Massachusetts. We have 35 lines with permanent slots. Going to Blue Moon, Miller, Coors, Smittix, Lindemans, that's actually kind of interesting, uh, Long Trail, Harpoon, Wachusett, Heineken, Sam Adams, and Shipyard. Shipyard, Harpoon, Sam Adams, Wachusett, Long Trail. I'm not surprised by those whatsoever. Local beers. Uh, once all those slots are filled, we have 14 lines left, and a few of those uh, have to go to certain distributors. We're constantly doing favors and putting random things on, like Dos Equis, Blue Moon, Seasonals, or other things the distributors needed to promote. I'm constantly trying to get the management to put awesome new beers on the lines, but we really only have 8 out of 35 lines that can go to smaller craft beers. This is further made worse by the seasonitis of Oktoberfest and pumpkin beers. When I first started, the owners refused to put on Jack's Abbey or Wormtown on tap. Jack's Abbey had snubbed one of the distributors when they were first getting started, and they went to their accounts asking them, asking them not to carry their beer. 
I've since gotten Pretty Things, Wormtown, and Jack's Abbey onto the line several times and showed that the beer will fly out the door. This still won't keep all the other lines from being locked to distributor specials in perks. Um, so it does, it does happen. Um, hmm. Uh, it's sad these things happen. One of the number one reasons why I left my last bar was because Goose Island was essentially paying us for having a draft line on at all times. Uh, something to the tune of $500 plus two free kegs. Jesus Christ. Uh, this was purely a football season thing. I have 50 taps available, so it's not a huge issue, but ethically it bugs me so much. I can kind of understand that. You know, They got the money to throw around. It's kind of shitty like that. Um, interesting marketing by them. Pepsi markets the same way. Pepsi will save your proprietor money because it's cheaper than Coke. <laughs> Uh, Coke, much like Kraft, I imagine, markets the opposite way. People will buy more of it because it's a better product, so it will make you money. Uh, it, it, it's it's an interesting question, and the fact of the matter is it's illegal in Massachusetts, and people are getting away with it all over the place, apparently. Um, this is all alleged, I suppose. But an interesting topic, nonetheless. Um, curious about, you know, you know how much how much it happens in this particular area um honestly it probably does happen everywhere it probably happens everywhere um you know if 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 a bar has 20 lines there are probably five of them that are quote spoken for at least that that's probably what it comes down to honestly i hope some of that made sense because i don't know if it did in my head at all um, let's move on to something more interesting here. A new study, oh yes, new study, we love new studies on here, shows that beer rewards exercise. Yes. This was actually uh, published in the, uh, let's see, PubMed.gov, so the U.S. National Library of Medicine, National Institutes of Health. Daily physical activity and alcohol use across the adult lifespan. This was an abst- uh, the abstract for it. Objective, in contrast to proposals that physical activity can be a substitute for alcohol use, people who engage in greater overall uh, physical activity generally consume more alcohol on average than less active peers. Acknowledging... Okay, I'm not, I'm not getting too sciencey with this. Acknowledging that both uh, physical activity and alcohol use vary considerably from day to day, the study evaluated whether established associations reflect daily behavioral coupling within person, Jesus Christ, are an artifact of procedures that aggregate behavior over time or both. Oh, okay. Basically, um, you know what? I, I, I have a, I have a, that I linked to this from, this is from Draft Magazine where uh, the beer runner actually kind of spells this out a little bit easier. Um, the connection between physical activity and increased beer consumption. Basically, what it comes down to is those who drink more do so on days when they exercise more. Yes, this is completely me. If I have run six miles on a Saturday, you better believe that I'm drinking those calories back later that night. If I have not run in the morning, chances are... I am probably not going to be drinking a damn thing that day. Um, so let's see. the finding state that after controlling for age, gender, and seasonal and social calendar influences, 
Daily deviations in physical activity were significantly associated with the daily total alcohol use. In other words, physically active people reward themselves with beer more often on days when they have an intense workout, but they don't on days when they aren't working out. Now, of course, you got to think of it this way. Physically active people are probably a little bit more, uh, excuse me, a little bit more cognizant of what they're putting into their bodies, calorie-wise and all. Therefore, they know they're burning off, I don't know, uh, you know, if I run five miles, I've burned off probably at least about like 500 calories, which means that's, on the high end of alcohol, that's at least two beers in the evening for me, you know, plus whatever I was going to have already. Um, so, I mean, it, those that engage in the physical activity, they're already more cognizant of that. Um, the study noted that further work needs to be done to establish causality, but common sense and personal experience would seem to suggest that beer runners know when they've earned their beer and when they haven't. Uh, it's on the days when people are more active, they tend to drink more than on days when they're less active. This finding was uniform across study participants of all levels of physical activity and ages. And again, that's that's totally me. I mean, it's not even just beer. The same goes for food. If I have banked a shitload of calories in a morning of running and activity and everything, well then I, you know, and, and you know, say say I had, you know, a very, very light breakfast, very light lunch, I know I can have a heavier dinner. Now, if I, say, you know, ran in the morning, but I had a heavy breakfast, well, then the other meals are scaled out a bit. I, I don't think it's necessarily people that exercise drink more beer. I think it's the people that are nuts about it like I am, apparently. Believe me, I... I I didn't run the past two days. I ran this morning, but I didn't run yesterday because I was sick, and I didn't run Sunday because I was sick, and I was a fucking miserable bastard around the house, and I was a miserable bastard at work, too. Um, Partly because I knew I wouldn't really be able to drink when I got home because I wouldn't have the calories to spare, and partly because running is part of my goddamn mental health regimen. Ugh. I know, it's ridiculous. Um, Mitch says, I don't need to work out to lose weight. I just went gluten-free. I don't need to eat right. My body is literally eating my fat and muscle, and I'm slowly dying an idiot death, but I look fabulous. God damn it. (laughs) Uh, Mitch, if you really went gluten-free, I'm going to fucking smack you. (laughs) To be fair, there are some delicious gluten-free items out there, but, you know, god damn it. (laughs) It's too much. It's too fucking much to deal with. I understand if you're celiac, but goddamn. Um, that gluten-free pumpkin beer, though. <laughs> yes, I know. I Okay, yeah, Mitch says you're going to smack me for going gluten-free. Oh, oh, Mitch is also taking Sherry's last name. How sweet. I was only on the paleo thing for uh, however many months. And, and it, and it uh, introduced me to some very, very good recipes. There are these... Uh, they're, they're gluten-free cinnamon cookies. That was... Yeah, Mitch says I went through a gay phase, but was it a phase? 7.45 for anybody that wants to clip that. Go, 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 go. Um, no, I, I, found a, I found a good gluten-free cookie recipe. It, they're like little cinnamon cookies, and they're goddamn good. 
done with uh, almond flour. So some benefits to it. And I'll just eat a lot of steak and vegetables too. Because goddamn steak and veggies, good, good, good. I could eat that all the goddamn time. I think it was when I couldn't have pizza. That was what was killing me. You know, you can you can make a cauliflower crust pizza. But it's not quite the same. You can make tortilla chips with almond flour, but it's not quite the same. <laughs> and you can suck a cock, but it's... Well, really, there's nothing quite like cock. 746 for you there. Ah... Mitch just had a pizza. I, I had some pizza earlier, too. And it was delish. I only had two pieces. So I'm probably going to eat more after the show. Because I'm a fucking pig, but I got calories left, so it's okay. Mitch didn't run. I don't know. I, I'm trying to picture Mitch run. You know, for some reason... God damn. Yeah, Mitch does still look better than me, and I hate that. For some reason, though, I, I picture Mitch running with his arms flailing around. I don't know why. Actually, now I'm picturing him f with his arms flailing around and almost acting like he's running from a bee, like, Aah! I have no idea why. I get these weird pictures in my head. I should probably talk to my therapist about that. Um, God, you know what? I... Now is probably a good time to uh, to get into the uh, new releases and reveals for the week. Um, there was a topic I brought up in the Facebook group, but I didn't get any discussion out of it, so I may hold it till next week and see if uh, see if we get any get any takers on it. I can probably think up some. Uh, basically, on the Facebook group, um, there was an article from Boozy.com talking about stories of hiding being drunk from your parents, confessions from high school days. If you have any good stories from back then, you know, go on the Facebook group, um, facebook.com slash group slash alcohol by volume. There's a thread on there. You'll find it. You can check out the boozy article and kind of see what they're talking about there. I know I, well, I have at least a couple stories probably. Um, actually, most of mine were probably more pot involved, but, you know, still. Um, <laughs> it's hurtful, Mitch. Mm-mm. Oh, wait, I thought he said he was running from a wasp like from me. That or blah, blah, blah. I ran from a wasp like that today. Okay, yeah. Well, if it's a wasp, you gotta, dude. I mean, shit, those things are vicious. I saw a fox today on campus. Yeah. I was walking past a building, and all of a sudden this fox runs out from behind a wall and then just runs off. It's very strange. Yeah, just random. Okay, let me get in the new releases. Releases and reveals for the week. Um, talked about Victory Beer a little bit earlier. This is an example of one of their beers that was definitely a hit for me. Or at least the... Uh, <laughs> I was waiting for that, Mitch. But what did it say? Said, fuck you, kid. I'm out of here. I don't know what accent that was. Jesus Christ. Do I need to drink more? Um... So th this is from Victory. This is uh, number two in their Moving Parts IPA series. I had the number one in their in the series, and I thought it was quite good. Um, this one, they're going with a classic British-style IPA using all English hops and yeast. 7.1% uh, ABV. It's going to be available on draft and in 22-ounce bombers. I'm not quite sure of the release date, but 
considering when I saw Moving Parts 1 announced and then I think I found it on the shelf maybe a week later, this one is probably going to be on shelves within the next couple weeks easily. So keep an eye out for that one. Uh, Bells. This is one I'm not going to see because I'm not in their distribution area, which makes me sad because I really, well, you know what? With my luck, I never would have found these as part of the Planet series, and apparently these are in ridiculous demand. And I don't know how much the average Joe is going to find them. Um, so this is Bell's Venus, the bringer of peace. No, not penis, Mitch. Um, the second beer in their Planet series, it's a blonde ale brewed with honey, apricot, cardamom, and vanilla. More than 60 pounds of hand-sliced vanilla beans. 7.5% ABV in this one, again, will likely be in high demand. It is shipping now. Uh, two new releases in Avery Brewing's Barrel Aged series. I'll post this one in the chat here first. This is Avery Black Eye. Speaking of, there's a black guy coming up next. Um, this is a barrel-aged imperial stout. Uh, wow. 18.82% ABV rum-barreled stout. Now, the the ABV counts on the, on these um, barrel-aged series are kind of interesting. I don't know if there's any significance to them. Um, the, the next one is 7.72. I don't know if they're just being very specific on these particular ones or what. But um, these are going to be in 12-ounce bottles. Only 424 cases were produced of this one. The next one is an ale aged in Madeira wine barrels. It's a barrel-aged sour ale. I would love to find this one, but I don't think I've seen any of the barrel-aged ones out here. So not going to luck out with that, most likely. But this is Antonius's Carmen barrel-aged sour ale. Like I said, aged in Madeira wine barrel, 7.72 ABV, 12-ounce bottles. This one only has 247 cases produced. So I'm definitely, most likely, not seeing that one out here either, which is kind of sad. Which is why I have to move to a place with better distribution, apparently. Um, let's see, we got Hardywood Park Craft Brewery's Rye Whiskey Barrel Pumpkin. Yep, they are still unveiling pumpkin but this is actually kind of a strange release because it's an addition to their barrel series but it's a substitute for their rum pumpkin seasonal the distillery said that uh, they normally get their rum barrels uh, I'm sorry yeah the distillery that they get their rum barrels from said they needed more uh, barrel time for the rum and they wouldn't make them stateside in time for Rum Pumpkin's release. So they kind of improvised here. And instead, rye whiskey barrels. Uh, let's see. From the release. Combines the nostalgic flavors and aromas of autumn with a soul-warming rye whiskey-laced finish that can only be achieved through months of maturation in Jim Beam rye whiskey barrels. It releases at a special event at the brewery on October 18th. There will be distribution in Virginia, D.C., and eastern Pennsylvania beginning October 20th, and it clocks in at 10.5% ABV. And it's going to be in, um, 
Let's see, 20, 25.4 ounce bottles. What else I got here? Oh, yeah. Okay. The last couple I got here, it's a couple from Southern Tier. Uh, this first one, first one, it really, the, the label looks nothing like, um, wait, what? Uh, my time now is on Negro people time today. Feel free to be, lo- <laughs> Jesus Christ. Who's guest 684111? Um, this is... <laughs> Believe me, I'm not going longer. I want more pizza upstairs. <laughs> Fucking hungry. Fat Kev is coming out. Uh, Southern Tier Triple Cafe. It is a different take on a Belgian triple. This one is brewed with green coffee beans and orange peel. Um, oh, it's J5. J5 is admitting that he's running on Negro time. <laughs> God damn it. You late again, dude? What the fuck? Oh, eh, at least your computer's working and your internet's not going down Try something. So, I, you know what? I, I, I can't really say anything because I'm the one. My my router shit out last week too, and well, it gave me an excuse to buy a nice new router. So, eh, things happen. Um, <laughs> first time late start. Uh, you know. Well, okay. Yeah, I remember. What was that? There, there, was, there was that one week where uh. You weren't sure if you were going to make it in time at all. So I guess that was the one. So, okay, this will be the first time for a late start. Okay. I'll give you that, dude. <laughs> um, where the fuck was I? Oh, yeah, Southern Tier, Triple Cafe. God damn it. Black guy throw me off. God damn it. <laughs> um, so it's brewed with green coffee beans and orange peel. It's going to be in 22-ounce bombers next month and clocks in at 8.8% ABV. Uh, Southern Tier typically does some pretty good stuff. So... Hopefully I'll find that one. I, I a, a triple with coffee kind of flavor to it. I, I'm very, very curious about that. Uh, and then the last one I got here. Southern Tier Tangier. Oh, he still might not be late. Just covering bases. Eh, believe me. I, 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 I could probably ramble on a few more minutes, but I don't know if I want to. I want pizza. <laughs> I want pizza and I want to go watch TV. I got TV to watch, goddammit. I'm dedicated to my show, but, you know, only for two hours, honestly. <laughs> uh, Southern Tier Tangier. It is a new seasonal session IPA from Southern Tier brewed with tangerine peels. It's available in 12... Or, I'm sorry, it will be available in 12-ounce bottles and on draft. It is a spring seasonal, so look for it to hit shelves early next year. And it will be replacing their previous spring seasonal Euro Trash Pills, which I just realized I don't think I ever got to try that one before. Always saw it, never really, uh, never grabbed it. Very colorful label on that one. Uh, 4.6% ABV with that one. Uh, let me see if anything interesting is jumping out on the Reddits before we go. Let's see here. Uh, da, da, da. Let's go to the beer subreddit. See if any interesting new posts have popped up. Well, okay, Sierra Nevada's uh, snowpack variety case has hit shelves. So that's kind of a new release reveal kind of thing. More release than reveal. Um, and like I said, that, that's the one that has a uh, coffee stout in it. Uh... Let's see, Coffee Stout, Boomerang IPA, Porter, 
and Pale Ale. Boomerang IPA is another one that's kind of exclusive to that pack. Uh, three bottles of each offering available now through January. I, I swear, I hope the Coffee Stout is available outside that pack after that because it was really, really good. Um, oh, God. Wait. Hoppin' Frog King Goes Home. Is that... Oh, no, 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 no. Okay, it's it's a new... It's that uh, ghost that I was talking about from Hoppin' Frog that I'm hoping I see because I don't see a lot of ghosts out here. Supposedly, it's dedicated to LeBron James. Ugh. Yuck. But brewed with coriander and sea salt. Uh, go on sale at the brewery. Oh, they go on sale at the brewery, so it may not have wide distribution on October 28th, eight ninety nine a bottle. Hmm. Damn. If if anybody knows of any other ghosts that are available in the New Jersey area, please let me know because the only one I found out here thus far is the uh, Leap, the original Leipzig ghost. So it's a style I I really like so far. Um, wait, have I rambled enough now? Uh, let's see if there's anything else on Reddit. Uh, pretty things, pick uh, publicly. Going to a bar for the first time tonight. Advice. Um, yeah. Uh, don't fuck the uh the chick with the unibrow. That's always a safe bet there. Details on Allegash. Yeah, nothing. Nothing major. Nothing major has uh happened in the last uh. Four hours since I last checked Reddit, because I'm always checking Reddit. Okay. You know what? I think that's... I think we can safely say that's it for the show. Um, of course, if there's a local beer that you absolutely love, that I don't get out here in Jersey, that you think I should try, and you'd like to see me review it on the YouTube page, which is at youtube.com slash mlralcoholbyvolume, uh, drop me an email, mlralcoholbyvolume at gmail.com. See if we can you know, work out a beer trade. Or if you just want to donate beer to me, I am, I have no problem with that whatsoever, but I'm more than happy to reciprocate with stuff I got out here too. There's a lot of great New Jersey beers out here. The ABV beer tasting list, tinyurl.com slash ABV beer tasting. Again, I have been very lax with updating on it, but that does not mean that you guys cannot add stuff on there. It's an open spreadsheet. Do it, do it, do it. Help me out. Make make it look good. Um, like I said, I am I'm going to be trying to refine that um, to maybe separate the styles a little bit more and tabs and everything. Um, I, I've been doing video projects. I'll I'll try and try and get going. Check out what we're talking about in the Facebook group. Facebook.com/slash/group/slash/alcohol-by-volume. Like the ABV Facebook page. Facebook.com/slash/MLR-alcohol-by-volume. Follow me on Twitter at Odysseus, E-D-I-C-I-U-S, and the show Twitter at MLR underscore alcohol. Look me up on Untapped, alcohol by volume, all one word. Um, you can also now look me up on Vivino. Hee <laughs> hee. Uh, if you're Facebook friends with me, you can find me on there. Coming up next, provided he's uh, definitely not late, J5 with my time now, followed by Dutch and Royce. And don't forget Chris Bradley on next week's show. I will see you guys next week.